Hey everybody, welcome back to the multiverse. I'm your host, Dean Holtop. With me as always is George Rogers. I guess we can call this uh, you know, when, when this does happen, because it ha- it's been happening a little more frequently. I guess we're uh the Toltiverse uh with uh Tuesdays with the Toltiverse, I guess, since we've been missing some Mondays recently. But um we're gonna work really hard to get back on Monday uh to Monday night releases for our shows. Um we're gonna call this Tuesday t- <clears throat> Tuesdays with multi. Like uh <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. For, and um, for the five people who listen to us that read books <laughs> um yeah we've been we've been slacking the past I, I would say the past few months and shows have been coming out you know day day or two days late but um you know we're gonna get, we're gonna kind of get back on that so to be fair um we we we, we, we always say it and uh life sometimes just kind of gets in the way and yeah i mean sure that's that's kind of where we've been for the last uh month and a half i've been i've been going through some personal stuff so i haven't always been available so um you know what sure. life gets in the way so yeah 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 but we uh i mean there have been days where i you know I, I'll, I'll take the, a lot of the blame for it you know i'll be just chilling watching some tv reading some comic books i'm just like man i just don't feel like Hooking up my laptop and, and doing that stuff. So yeah, I just I mean you came over it. yesterday and we went to Taco Bell. So that was well that, was, I mean, that one was on us. <laughs> yeah. I mean I could have easily not asked you if you wanted to get food, but <laughs> yeah. But um anyway. Uh here we are. Yeah, you, you usually you'll get it in the, the beginning of the week. Every, you know, it's never you're not gonna it's not gonna get on Thursday yeah, stop, or Friday. Stop okay. bitching. All right. But um you'll get hey, it. Hey, we're on threads, so follow us on that. The link is in our Instagram bio. Just click on those numbers to take you right there. Um, and um, I mean, it's like Twitter, but I guess less racist. Um, Give and, it time. Give it time. <laughs> and less full of Twitter garbage. So, I mean, the days are dwindling on how long I'm going to keep my Twitter account. Like, I'm just tired of it. Though uh, no, I did, I do love the video. Did you watch that video I sent you and Chris today? The, the stripper pulling the butt plug out of her ass and putting it in the guy's mouth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that shit. You know what it is? Yeah, I was at I was at lunch, so thanks. So at the lunch table at work and that video just <laughs> pops up. So thanks. you know what it is, is I can't escape the text the toxicity of Twitter. Um and listen, I can be very toxic at times and very, you know, hateful. You know, I'm just listening they know. to me talk. They listen. Just, they, they listen to us. Just listen to me talk about anything DC. <laughs> you're getting you're getting pure pure toxic dean um you know um but it, i don't really want to read about it when i'm scrolling through social media you know what i mean and um that's all twitter is i can't escape like fucking losers of the fandom menace so i just want to and i can't even mute shit because it's they're like hydra you cut one head off two more appear you know what i mean it's just it's insane excuse me got a little bit of a wheeze tonight um no, just literally came before we started recording. Um, well, Indiana Jones ain't doing too well in the box office. Um, whatever. It sucks that it's a legacy character. It's it, it's it's going out with a limp at the box office, but the movie was great. I loved it. I'm happy with it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, do you even want to talk about the casting news that happened today, George? No, they yeah. see it on our feed. Yeah, they well, I haven't shared it yet. All I'm going to say is I love Nathan Fillion, but he's grossly miscast as Guy Gardner. Gross. I'm going to I'm 
as I've said, I'm going to maintain a wait and see attitude. But for the fact that he's voiced Hal Jordan so many times, I feel like he's going to he's going to go in this as Guy Gardner, but he's going to play it as Hal Jordan. Yeah, because Guy Gardner and Hal Jordan are not remotely alike, and I feel like I don't know. Again, somebody who's a big Green Lan- like I love all the Green Lanterns. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big Green Lantern guy. Like the Flashes, like the Flash and the Green Lanterns are like my favorite things in DC. Obviously, outside of Batman, of course. But um, so like, I I think he is horribly and I again I love Nathan Fillion horribly miscast as Guy Gardner, horribly. So whatever inkling of hope I might have had for DC is just not starting off very well, like not at all. So, but whatever. We got one more DC movie to really cover, and that's Aquaman. And, and probably not going to talk about DC for a while. Um, unless we do like Constantine and V for Vendetta. And, well, we're doing Watchmen next year. Past DC. We, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about past DC all day long. Mm-hmm. The glory days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. We'll just re- re-review Batman 89 for the hell of it. <laughs> Ow, my arm. <laughs> Ooh, George, I, that's, tonight, that's, that's the show, everybody. George has to go to the hospital because I broke his arm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh i don't think really anything oh like the the fucking costume oh, how fucking dare you did you even forget <laughs> did you even forget what happened yesterday <laughs> the fucking costume the literal perfection of wolverine's costume we got on on uh shared with us by the great canadian god ryan reynolds ryan reynolds knows what we want yeah well i i think i've said i said in my a tweet i don't know if you saw it but Marvel, they give us what we want. You, I, you, you what, know? What, once once again with 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 Ryan Reynolds, it's probably him being like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this, and if you don't let me do it, then I'm gonna walk away from Deadpool." <laughs> They're so like, heard, uh, "Fuck it, just give him what he wants. We need him." I, I heard a rumor that the reason why the costume has sleeves is because Hugh Jackman is very susceptible to skin cancer, and they were filming outside, so. I would assume if he's wearing that for most of the movie, at one point he's going to flex so hard and his sleeves are going to blow off when they're like in a bunker somewhere and he's going to be jacked. Or uh, or, or Deadpool's going to look and be like, hey, what are you doing with sleeves, Logan? That doesn't seem like you at all. What are you afraid <laughs> but, of getting skin cancer? But he wore sleeves in every other costume he wore in the, in, in the Fox X-Men universe. All the other X-Men costumes yeah. had sleeves on them. Yeah. But I think it looks fine with sleeves. I think if, if, if he doesn't... You know, take the sleeve. Somehow those sleeves get removed, or he's got a different version of the costume. I'm fine with it. I think they look good. I think it looks good. Um, I'm pretty sure where he's going to have the cow at some point, and he, it's fine with me. This movie is going to be amazing. Billion dollar movie. I'm calling it right now. And they and he also shared like the what looks like a crumbled version of of the 20th Century Fox logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I'm so excited. Listen, I love the first Deadpool. I really like the second one. I don't think it's as good as the first one. Um, I'm super excited for Deadpool. And I'm glad it, it got moved up. I'm, I, I want to say this right here while we're on the air. Hmm. Because if it happens, we can go back and be like, oh, hey, it was Journal Lethal Up and Four podcast that George said this. <laughs> um, how they're showing like the crumbling Fox logo and it looks like it's kind of in a desert. And it hmm. looks like it's the same scene of of a uh, deadpool and logan walking 
I sincerely hope that they're just walking along and Deadpool stops and drops to his knees and go, ah, you blew it up. I can't believe you. And just, and just lampoons, uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh and then when God. the camera pans around, it's the crumbled 20th Century Fox logo. I, I, can, I, I hope it's that. I can totally say it. Book, we're going to bookmark this right now. We're bookmark this, it right now. Timestamp it. Oh my God. Hashtag George was right. I'm totally Nostradamus returns. I totally think that's what it's going to be. And if it's not, I'm going to be really disheartened. So, um, but yeah, as I said, you know, I'm super excited for Deadpool three. I think it's going to be guaranteed money, guaranteed hit for the MCU. Um, They're going to need it because the Marvels is probably going to be mid as fuck. Um, Though. I mean, I think secret invasion have been pretty good. We'll talk about that when the series ends, we got three more episodes. We'll just do a, series review in a, in a few weeks tacked on to whatever movie we're doing then so um all right let's let's get into lethal weapon four let me clear my throat room as i said i've developed a wheeze tonight i mean i have asthma so um let's get into lethal weapon four george did you see this movie in theaters surprisingly no i didn't hmm. I mean, this came out and was a 98. That was kind of a banner year for, for, for movies. So yeah, you had to go um, opening night to Armageddon. That, yeah. I mean, shame on me. <laughs> shame, shame on everybody. Yeah. The red letter date in uh, science. <laughs> uh, I also did not see this in theaters. I actually did not see this movie for a long time. Um, and, you know, I also don't watch this movie very often. It's not a terrible movie, but it is easily the weakest of the, of the four movies, in my opinion. Um, you know, I wish I could remember what I gave Lethal Weapon 3 out of 10. I know I gave the first two 10 out of 10s. I might have given Lethal Weapon 3 a 10 out of 10. I can't remember, though. I, should start I think you get. I, I want to see you probably gave it about an 8.5 or a 9. All right. I All think right. it might be closer to a 9. All right. All right, let's let's <clears throat> let's read some stuff. All right. Oh, out loud. Sorry. You fucking yawns. <laughs> Lethal Weapon Four, the fourth inning. Um. Did you say the fourth inning? The fourth inning. Fourth inning, like the quick. Oh, inning. The, oh, oh the fourth inning. Oh, this is like the fourth <laughs> inning, like oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. We're in the fourth inning of Lethal Weapon franchise. Ah. Released July 10th, 1998. So we're looking at about what? One 20... day later from 25 yeah, years. One day later, 25 years later. Yeah. Uh, which that worked out perfectly, honestly. Um, I mean, it would have worked out perfectly if we recorded last night. Then it would have been 25 years on the news. But hey. Right. Who's... Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, released July 10th, 1998 with a budget of 100 to $150 million. Box office. Not stellar, $285 million. So it didn't make a ton of money. Um, again, I when when did when did three come out? What year was that, George? 1992. So you got a six-year gap. You know, uh, there was two years between one and two, and then three years between two and three. Um, so there was a six-year gap, which can quite frankly that can hurt franchises, long gaps. And fr- like, I think if a Sherlock's home three movie came out now, I don't think it would do good at all. I mean, it's been like 13 years since the last one, you know, um, which is a shame. That first one's incredible. <clears throat> Second one's pretty good. But um, directed by uh, the great, the late, great Richard Donner. 
Um, oh, me. Screenplay by Channing Gibson, story by Jonathan Lemkin, Alfred Go, Miles Millar, or Miller, however it's pronounced. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Music by Michael Kamen, Eric Clapton, David Sanborn. Starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Rene Russo, Chris Rock, Jet Li, uh, um, who else do we got? Darlene Love. Uh, that's good enough. I mean, all of all of Murtaugh's kids were played by the actors that originally played them through all yeah. four movies. Mm-hmm. And and Darlene Love reprising her role as as Trish for 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 her fourth time. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> a lot of really great continuity in this franchise, and I feel it's completely yeah. underlooked. I completely agree. Like, I mean, they could easily just swap out his wife each and every single time, but they don't. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's Don, it, it's Donner. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm trying to just, just reading here real fast that, uh, movie. Just trying to see if there was a, there's a quick line of why it took six years to come out. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, George. Well, I mean, they were Mel. I think Mel was probably pretty busy. You know, with Braveheart, Braveheart Pocahontas. I mean, he did Pocahontas also. Um, the animated movie? Yeah. Was he not the voice of John Smith? No. Are, are we doing this right now? Because I'm almost positive he was the voice of John Smith. Oh, I got his filmography right here. I am what the fuck? I don't remember that at all. Was I right? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't remember that at all. I mean, I've only seen Pocahontas like twice, but wow. Don't remember that at all. Not yeah. one bit. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was the voice of uh, of Pocahontas. So, yeah. Now, what are you going to do? That was, uh, that was 95. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Casper. Oh, he's a cameo. A brave heart. Remember, I don't remember him having a cameo at Casper. Uh, he literally played himself. Um, uh, but but he, in 94, he did Maverick. Great movie. And Braveheart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 95 was. Pocahontas ransom was 96. Um, so he was pretty, pretty busy between, between then. Listen, I mean, maybe uh, it also uh, took him all to come up with this to come up with an idea yeah. for a script. So, Could be. listen, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, preface something. Um, I'm aware that Mel Gibson seems to be like a complete trash human being, but as an actor, He's one of my favorites. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I mean, how do you? I yeah. mean, in, in in all seriousness, mm-hmm. how do you not like even just in this franchise alone? How do you not like the combination of Riggs and Martel? Sure. Like, like who else was going to pull off those characters? Because Danny Glover Absolutely. and Mel Gibson have some, have probably the best on screen chemistry when it comes to like these buddy cop movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically wrote the book on it and every sequel afterwards yeah i mean it's true it these movies are are the template when it comes to when it comes to buddy cop movies Mm -hmm. whether you're watching the first one or whether you're watching this one the the dynamic 
between Mel and Danny is is always on point. It never wavers. Mm-hmm. Neither one ever seemed like they were phoning it in. I mean, we'll find out in Lethal Finale, the last one that they're doing. We'll t- maybe we'll touch on that at the end of here to see what can, maybe, maybe what we hope to see. Um, <clears throat> but they always go full tilt because they really love these characters and the two of them respect the hell out of Dick Donner. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I don't know if you saw the, the I think it was a Richard Donner's, Richard Donner's like 90th birthday party, or it was some sort of uh, award ceremony that they were honoring him. And Mel and Danny came up on the screen, or, or they came up on stage to talk about Richard Donner. And they're sitting there and they're talking to each other and they're doing this back and forth. And I would swear to God, I was watching like a pre like a preview for a new Lethal Weapon movie. Mm-hmm. Like they started talking to each other and all of a sudden they stop and wait, are you wearing my jacket? Wait, I, th- I think you're wearing my jacket. All right, let's switch jackets. And they like, they take their jackets off and switch them. And <laughs> they have such a great dynamic and people are laughing their ass off. You know, it's just, you don't mess with perfection. And yeah. that's what, and, and, and that's what the two of them are, which is probably why that Lethal Weapon TV show didn't really do all that great. But they get three seasons out of that. And then a guy who played Riggs had to get rid of because he was a trash human. <laughs> yeah. Or I think he left the show. I don't know. Either way. It's like, dude, you literally are going to do nothing else for the rest of your career. You're going to leave. That show fucking sucked. I do not care what anybody says. That show poor, was fucking terrible. Poor Damon Wayans. He got roped into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was probably good, but he got, he got roped into that. All right. So anyway, here we are <laughs> in this movie. Riggs and Murtaugh are still... LAPD sergeants because why bother getting a promotion? You know it's just gonna come with headaches later. Anybody and and anybody working a job will tell you that. Don't ever get promoted. It's the worst mistake I ever made. And now I'm never gonna get promoted again because I don't want it. <laughs> um and they're up to their their old antics, answering calls about pyromaniacs in the city, burning things while listening to Van Halen three, mm-hmm. which is usually enough to make anybody want to burn anything. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that we both do enjoy that album, um, he was probably listening to Josephine when he decided he was going to burn the city because oh God. I I, I would have. I, I like like I like like four songs off that album. Yeah, particularly the one that he listens to in this one, and then like without you, that's probably about it. Uh, and then um, one I want. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good song too. But Josephine is not. Yeah. So at, at this at this point. Um, in our in our story, in our lethal weapon story, Murtal is still not too old for this shit. Yeah. So he is just a, a a liar and a traitor to the republic. They're damaged goods, lady. And they're still work. They're still working on police, and they're still obviously working on the police force. Except now, Riggs is still with Lorna Cole, who we saw from the from Lethal Weapon Three, played by Renee Russo who was 74 years old at the time of shooting that movie. So good for her. Good for her. Um, and she is pregnant with child, which, which Riggs finds out in this opening mm-hmm. scene, just as uh, Murtaugh finds out that his oldest daughter, Rianne, is also pregnant with child. And they're due around the same time. Spoiler alert, they have the babies at the same time in the end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. who saw that coming? We all saw it coming. Um, they have taken down the arsonist. So then we fast forward about eight to nine months ahead of time, and we get our our major kind of plot point is um, a Chinese immigrant smuggling ring. 
that's that that's coming in. Um, yeah. It's and I I remember reading stuff about this in the news and how it was a thing. Um, not like a major thing, but I know that was like an issue where like where they're um, like Chinese relatives would try to bring their families over, you know, smuggle them in. Now you can just kind of bring your whole family and who gives a shit anymore. No one's really watching that unless you're coming from Mexico. Um, but I remember that being like a big issue in the news at one point. So the fact that it kind of made some movie, it, 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 it made it prevalent mm-hmm. to what was going on. And Myrtle obviously feels something for him because he, he, he kind of compares the, the, the Chinese <laughs> immigrants to, uh, to slaves. Yeah. Um, you know, the slaves were also brought over on boats, except and, and they even says this, you know, they bring the people over. They, they're like indentured service. They have to work off like they're, you know, to to get their visas to become American citizens. So it's mm-hmm. that's why that's why Murtaugh links it to to slavery. You know, he looks as modern day slavery. And Murtaugh does, you know, what he thinks is right is he ends up kind of smuggling a Chinese family into his house in classic and classic Martel action. But we're also introduced to a new character in the Lethal Weapon franchise. Detective Lee Butters, played by and at this point in 1998, the red-hot Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, his stand, I remember his stand-up specials were always on fire. I think he had the Chris Rock show on HBO at this point as well. Uh, red-hot. It's, it's, it's almost embarrassing that he spent such little time on SNL when you consider how huge he got. And he basically does, and, and even and there's even times when he kind of does his like Chris Rock, like, like little bits of his stand up, like like throughout the movie, yeah. not major parts, but when he's going on like a rant, you kind of hear it, it's like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna go into it here. And Murtal is a little weirded out by this Butters because he thinks you know he, he's like, oh, he's got this weird obsession with me, not knowing that Butters is the father of Rayanne's unborn child, mm-hmm. and basically Butters is hanging around Murtaugh trying to get him to like him so you know when he finds out later it'll maybe soften the blow. Yeah. But Ray Murtaugh doesn't want his daughter messing around with any cops because he's literally seen what happens to cops and doesn't want her out to go through that. Mm-hmm. We've all watched Lethal Weapon too. They wiped out most of that fucking police force. Yes they did. In a night. That was done like I think within like a day in, if a, in that. that movie. Yeah, like they, I think the only ones they didn't kill, aside from Riggs and Murtal, were anybody still in the police station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also at this point, because Riggs and Murtal caused so much damage, and you know they caused damage, because if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie, you've also seen the other three. Those two men are like human tornadoes. All they do is cause chaos and destruction. Dean, you know, I don't have to tell you. You you yourself are one of them. A human tornado causes massive destruction. So the the city would no longer insure the police department. So they figure the best way to kind of keep Riggs and Murtaugh under wraps is to promote them to captains in the hopes that they would stay off the streets <clears throat> and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. I don't know if you see here we are now. And I'm surprised that the captain didn't see the other three movies as well, because he was in them. Doesn't he know what's going to happen at this point? I mean, does, does, does he have any clue? 
one would think. By the way, I think in this movie we find out his name, his first name is Ed. So the captain's name is Ed Murphy. Eddie yeah. Murphy. So good stuff. Mm -hmm. Captain also played by the same guy, Steve Kahan. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in all four movies. And I think they want him to come back for Lethal Five. He's still alive. That'd be awesome. Whether or not he's still the captain at like 80 will be up for debate or question, but probably not. But, but probably not. He'll probably be retired somewhere. So, <laughs> and the reason we're talking about him is like, oh, I retired to get away from you fucking guys. What do you mm -hmm. want? And like, oh, captain, we need you. We need your help to reinstate us as captains or some shit. I who fuck knows. But we also get quite an introduction in this movie and this was my first time seeing this individual dean i don't know if it was yours but jet lee um um yeah i feel like this is probably the first time i saw him too there was there was a time in the 90s for those of you who are old enough to remember this shit uh and if you're old enough to remember it's time to take your back pill mm -hmm. um but in the 90s it seemed like there was always some sort of <clears throat> Um, I'm trying to like find the word without being stereotypical, but there's always some sort of like kung fu, like karate type movie. Jackie mm -hmm. Chan blew up in the '90s, and I feel like them getting Jet Li was like, hey, we can't get Jack Han, we can't get Jackie Chan, but we got this guy who's just as good, and I mean, he really is. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Jet Li is amazing. I remember like Chow Young Fat jumped on the scene as well in American mm -hmm. cinema. Um. CBS gave us that awful fucking show with Arsenio Hall and Sammo Hong. What was that? Martial Law. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, it was like it was all over the 90s. They were like, hey, let's get more karate people. Mm -hmm. And this movie kind of adds to it, but it, it works well with the Chinese backstory and everything going in, you know, with China and the and the undercover smuggling. But Jet Li. China. Thanks. But Jet Li, absolute badass in this movie. Absolute fucking badass. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you look at the other villains that Riggs and Murtaugh have fought over the years, uh, like Mr. Joshua, uh, Arjun Rudd, uh, Jack Travis, like Jet Li's character is painfully outweighs all of them because yeah. he can actually fight and beat the shit out of Riggs and Murtaugh. And that was always Riggs' thing was that Riggs could do karate. Yeah. Well, now Riggs has someone who not only can match him, but is better at him in every fucking way. Mm -hmm. I mean, Riggs doesn't end up beating this guy until the end when he, after he stabbed with rebar <laughs> and then shoots him with a machine gun while he's under the water. So like, it, it basically took, I mean, it was like short of like chopping his goddamn head off. Mm -hmm. But, um, but Jet Li's character, and I'm going to, jump ahead because I'm not sure where his character's name is. I don't want to say Lee. That's just racist. Uh, Sinku is his name. So I'm just going to call him that. Sinku. Um, he is kind of like the lead enforcer for Uncle Benny who is um, kind of the head of this Chinese uh, smuggling ring. And they're the, the, the thing is that they're bringing in this family because there is a member of the family who can, who's a counterfeiter 
who can counterfeit money so that, that they can use to buy off the high ranking members of like the triads. It's like a whole thing. It's actually a really good story in terms of like storytelling. Like you really got to pay attention to every little scenario because it all adds up. You know, this family's yeah. come over because they're trying to influence this guy who's already here to it's like, no, you have to make, you have to counterfeit these money, you know, the, these monies. And they even do so after they end up kidnapping that family from the Murtaugh's. And then they killed the head of the family right there, like in front of his nephew as, as like a deterrent, like, all right, keep making money now, or I'm going to kill each member of the family in front of you, you know, until you, until you get my way. But the whole thing is just to get these high ranking triad members out of jail. Um, I mean, there's, there, I, I don't have a whole lot. I don't want to go into the entire story and read everything down because it's a mm-hmm. lethal weapon movie. Yeah. It's, there's so much going on that you really, and unlike the other lethal weapon, especially unlike the weapon three, which I think, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I think it's the weakest of the four movies. Not saying it's a bad movie, but when you, I mean, lethal weapon one and two are, you know, God tier. But Absolutely. I think this movie, I think this movie is a little bit better than three because the villain is so formidable and there's such a good story around it. Yeah. Jack Travis was a corrupt cop and now he's selling arms to street gangs with armor piercing bullets. Like that's all well and good, but there's like, this is just a little more in depth, like a little more story driven. Mm-hmm. If a little bit, it, if you will, if you will. Um, I mean, there's a, there's also a side, not a side mission. That's not the wrong term, but there's like a side story about Murtaugh because Murtaugh's come into all this extra money now. So, you know, he's got a new boat. His kids are all gone off to college and he's making all this extra money. And Lorna Cole still works for internal affairs. So, you know, because he's getting all this extra money, there's really no way to document it. It's, it's assumed that Murtaugh is on the take that he, that, that he's a dirty cop. And even Riggs says, he's like, he's, he's like, Rod, no, he, he's not dirty. I even tried to tempt him once and he wouldn't go for it, which is a reference to Lethal Weapon 2 when they're in the container ship that has all the money in it. Mm-hmm. And Riggs and Mertz actually pulls the money. He goes, well, what I'm holding in my hands, I can send all my kids to college. And Riggs goes, well, why don't you take it? And then Mertz puts it back. He's not, it's, it's fucking blood money. You know, he's always got the high moral ground. But yep. then it turns out, the money isn't his, it's his wife's because she is now like a smutty romance author and she's making money hand over fist because housewives are buying, you know, the Ebony Clark books. Mm-hmm. And like later, Riggs is like, when Murtaugh's trying to tell us, like, oh, you know, the, you know, the, the writer Ebony Clark. And then Riggs says, oh, you're boycotting her. He's like, no, I'm not boycotting her. Trish is Ebony Clark. He's like, hey, you are boycotting her. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> like, he realizes it. But it's such a, um, a really great story, and there's a really good scene where they where they have to interrogate Uncle Benny to find out what's going on, to find out where the Hongs were. Um, I know I'm, I'm I know I'm jumping all over the place, mm-hmm. all right. but it's I'm trying not to follow like a linear path of just reading everything down because yeah, I'm gonna yeah. miss everything if I do. But when the Hongs are kidnapped from the Murtal house, like they're all tied up, and then the house is set on fire. So the fact they were even able to escape is is amazing of itself. Cool. By the way, that Murtaugh house has been through some shit. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> had a yes, fucking cop car driven through it. The upstairs toilet exploded. That's the worst thing. Good lord. <laughs> and that was just that was just the shit I took earlier when after I ate my lunch. No, that was what was still in your colon after you put the volcano taco inside the chicken quesadilla. That could be the leftovers. The, ling- the lingering <laughs> effects. But there's but a really I'll tell good. You, I'll tell you, that was phenomenal. I'm going to do it again. I know you. Talk, let's get talk about what we're done here. Yeah, there's a nah. really good scene <laughs> at the end of the movie that that shootout in the warehouse yeah, after yeah. they realize that forefathers is not like the forefather. You now when Uncle May's like, "Oh, we have to buy forefathers." Like, "Oh, they're by their ancestors." No, forefathers is like the forefathers of the triad mm-hmm. that they're trying to that they're trying to buy back because they're in custody. Um, between was it like the the Chinese smuggling and like and the and and the triads as well plus the cops. It's just it is pure fucking insanity. Mm-hmm. That ending fight, I need to I really need to talk about that ending fight because do what? one of the forefathers is Jet Lee's brother. And that's what like the whole thing was on there. He's gonna get his brother out of jail, you know, they're gonna be reunited and they're gonna be, you know, all all the all that good stuff. And then when he ends up getting killed, and they're like, and then Riggs and Murtaugh look at, you know, they, they look at Jet Lee and they're like, oh well, yeah, I guess we'll just go then. You know, that'll, that'll teach him. They start to walk away, but then Riggs kind of gets that look in his eye where he's like, nah, like, I really want to fight this guy. So they come with that flimsy excuse where it's like, you know, hey, he he took my gun apart with one hand. How do you do Like, I got to ask him. I got to ask him how we did it. And then Murtaugh's like, all right, let's go ask him. And then they walk over and, you know, like, it's just going to be a fight. And gently beats the living piss out of both of them. Like, hard. Yes. The ever living. As I said, he doesn't go down until Myrtle stabs him with a piece of rebar. Him and Riggs fall through the concrete that's underneath the that's underneath this pier that the warehouse is on. And then Riggs is up shooting with a machine gun. Not just happens to be underwater. I even said this to you when it shows that the one gang member gets to the car and then just drives off the pier. And well, I was like, what the hell was the point of that? Then realize it's it's like Pavlov's gun. If they show it, it's because it's gonna make it, it's gonna be of importance later, which it was because that's where he got the machine gun was after the car that crashed off the pier. But either way. And then Riggs ends up getting trapped underwater from a piece of concrete that fell off. And then he's kind of like calling for Roger. It, it was kind of a, a cheesy scene, but you kind of get it with the two of them because they're best friends. They've been through so mm-hmm. much. No, Murtaugh ends up saving him. And then yeah. in classic in classic Riggs and Murtaugh fashion, Riggs just looks at him and goes, what, where were you? What kept you? Like, what took so long? He's like, I was knocked out by the other guy. I was like, I'm bleeding up here. Do you want me to just come down there and save you? I didn't even know you were down there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Cl- classic banter between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, the babies are born. They take a big group photo, you know, with Leo Getz because Leo's there. Leo's a private investigator now. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a fan favorite character. They weren't just going to leave him out of this movie. Mm-hmm. People love Leo Getz, especially Kevin, because he's a real-life Leo Getz. He really is. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish this up. We'll do out of 10s, favorites, all this stuff. And then we'll do a little bit of what we want to see for Lethal Finale, which I guess is supposed to come out this year. But we're halfway through the year, and I've heard nothing else about this movie. So, um, I mean, we'll see. So, we'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. We were uh, just kind of winding down the lethal four, lethal four weapon, uh, lethal weapon four discussion, and uh, where did we leave off, George. We're 
I was really just kind of gushing over the action scenes of the movie. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, the ending warehouse scene. There's also a really good car chase where after Briggs and Murtaugh get out of their burning house, they end up chasing members of that gang down on the freeway. And then in like typical lethal weapon fashion, they end up driving their car through a building. Mm-hmm. Typical. Yeah. It was, it was really good. Like really good action work for guys who like at this point in time, I think Danny Glover was in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And Mel was, and I think Mel was just north of 40 also. So they were still doing some really good action scenes despite the age that they were. I mean, yeah, I know body doubles and that and the other, but, you know. Yeah. They're not too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. But overall, listen, I think this is a better story than Lead the Weapon 3. Mm-hmm. And the action is just a little bit better. That's... I mean, I if I'm ranking them, I'm probably. I mean, I think one and two are pretty interchangeable, mm. depending really depending on the mood, and then four, and then this, and then we'll see where lethal finale ends up putting us later. But do you have a like when it came like when you were like like when you sat down to watch this for the first time? Was there anything mm. that you were like expecting to see in a lethal weapon movie? that like no, you were surprised about or that like just didn't happen You're like yeah i wish they would have done x no i mean it hits on all the cylinders it's just for me personally i think it's a i think it's the weakest of the four not by much honestly um while we were waiting for zoom to allow me to send you another invite again um because apparently now you have to wait 10 minutes so we're gonna be rectifying that in the future at some point um because i'm not gonna do that um i did go back and re- reference our lethal weapon 3 podcast um and i gave lethal weapon 3 a 9 out of 10 oh, okay so that's 10 10 9 10 10 2 20 um or, or 10 10 3 2 1 whichever you prefer whichever one's gonna save you on long distance calling mm-hmm. um 1-800 collect <laughs> i remember it was 10 3 2 1 so yeah, I, I did Chris Rock do commercials for one of them too. He I think he did. Not. I think he either did one for. I think he did one for one eight hundred collector. It was like one eight hundred call att or something like that. I remember him mm-hmm. doing commercials for those in the nineties, proving that he was the hottest thing going in, in, at this time. Yeah, I, I just you know I just expected you know, just typical fun good action. You know what I mean that's what the, these are like this prototypical action films is what these lethal weapon movies are, and I have no doubt that. Whenever we do get the fifth movie, if if we do get the fifth movie, you, know, you never know, especially with Warner Brothers. You know what I mean? Because um, it's supposedly I, the last thing I just did read. I don't remember where I read it, so I can't go back to the page. It is apparently supposed to be a direct to, to direct to max movie. So that means we're either going to get it or it's been written off as a tax write off and they never said anything about it. So um, because, you know, Warner Brothers is incompetent. Um, I'd actually be more pissed off about this than I would fucking DC because I really want to see a fifth lethal weapon movie. Um, I know you do too. Mm. Um, you know, and I, it it hits it hits all the the check marks for me. Um, so if, you know, I'm gonna jump to my out of ten rating real fast before we get into best the you know what we like and dislike. So if I'm gonna give lethal weapon three and nine, I'm gonna give this an eight and a half. Um, out of 10 i think it's almost as good as three um there's just some stuff i guess you know what it is it could be like that late 90s aesthetic over the movie that i might not 
care for. You know, you know, you know that late nineties aesthetic that every mm-hmm. movie had. Every movie yeah, had, yeah, yeah. has this feel to it. You watch them now, you go, why did everybody? Why did every movie feel like it was shot on a back lot? You know what I mean? Like, you know, Michael Bay's movies have that feel. Like they always feel like they're sound. You know, you could tell they're shot on a soundstage. You know what I mean? Like, and it kind of got this feeling from from this movie where it was like I was. You know, again, it's that late nineties aesthetic. So that's probably like the only thing I really dislike about the film is just to kind of overall i guess just aesthetics of the film not it's a it's a really good movie and and the cast is great as always good villains like you said great story um you know i I probably would just knock it for that so what about you uh i mean i'm going nine Mm -hmm. because i do think this is a really good movie i mean believe the web movies it's not like there's a sharp decline in quality. You have like you have no. Briggs, you have Myrtle. The most important thing out of out of all these Busher. Excuse me, did I catch that in time? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did actually. You I would have just let it go. I, I was fumbling around like, with the, I was fumbling I was fumbling around <laughs> with the button. Was, I mean, it was it was rough, but I caught it. Um, the most important factor in all these Lethal Weapon movies is Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. He is what makes all these movies good, and you see it when you look at a franchise. You get a franchise, and you get one director who does, you know, stays in a couple movies. Then you go and you get like another director. You're like, this doesn't really have the same feel. Um, case in point. The Iron Man movies, one and two directed by John Favreau, mm-hmm. Iron Man three directed by Shane Black. It didn't feel, you know, like the Favreau movies. Yeah. I mean three is oh, still good. a solid movie though. Still a solid movie, but didn't it, it didn't feel but like when you have like the when you have the same core group of people, it makes like it, it makes them that much better. Mm-hmm. Because you figure by the time at the fourth movie. Yeah, Richard and I didn't need to tell any of them anything about their cues. They just yeah. knew they knew what he was looking for and what to do and when to do it. Same thing with Michael Kamen's score. Yes, it's the same Michael Kamen score we hear in every Michael Kamen movie, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have fit if it didn't have his music, which is going to be interesting to see how Lethal Finale does without Richard Donner and Michael Kamen because both have, have, have sadly passed on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> that's the question I would ask. You know, I was still I'm still a little hesitant about. Uh, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Let's let's get through our our favorites and least favorites. George, what's that? You gave it a nine out of ten. I gave it eight and a half out of ten. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is, and this this is actually kind of ridiculous. It, it's like that Mexican standoff. Inside Murtaugh's house before they end up getting their ass beat and then tied up. Mm. Like where they're standing there, and like Riggs is cutting in, like and Riggs is a laser has his laser scope on his fucking handgun because of course he does. You know, and he's coming in through the door and then gently walks down the stairs and he's just not phased by mm. anything that's going on. And he ends up just disarming Riggs and taking like knocking the guns away and like one fail fucking swoop. It's it's fantastic. Like there's just a, the right amount of attention, and we finally get to see what this villain can do. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I was on. Yep. Um, no, that's 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 a really good scene. Yep. 
Honorable um, mention for the dentist office scene when uh, Uncle mm, Benny, Riggs, Murtaugh, and Butters are high on the laughing gas, mm-hmm. and they let it and they let it slip that uh, that Butters is actually married to Murtaugh's daughter, and then Murtaugh says like, oh, oh, we all thought you were, you know, like trying to do like a hand motion this and they thought he was gay, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm this, and he's like does like the humping motion, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm humping your baby. <laughs> Um, I think for me, um, I, you know, I really do like the opening scene, even though this is one of the scenes that I, I can talk about that. I, I, it feels like it's on that like back lot filming yeah. set. Yeah. I really like the opening scene. It feels like classic lethal weapon, you know, especially oh, yeah. when he, especially when he tells, when Riggs tells Murtaugh to take off his uh, suit. And yeah. run in his underwear to distract him. And, and, like, of, and like cluck like a chicken or like squawk yeah. like a bird. It's just kind of classic lethal weapon and, and, and I love it. And then at the end he's like, oh, Riggs is a good idea of having me take my clothes off. He's like, no, no, I, I, I just I just want to see if you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just classic lethal weapon. Yeah. You, know what, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the opening scene lethal weapon three where they go where, where, where they go to the bomb call. And Riggs like I can disarm this bomb, like it, it reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So, what's your least favorite thing if you have one? Um, you know, honestly, I re- I really don't have one. Mm. I don't think there's really any dead weight in this movie. I think every uh, I, I think every scene kind of serves a purpose. Um, I don't think there's any wasted motion. I would agree. I, I I think my biggest complaint is just the feel of the movie at times. Mm. Like like I said, I wouldn't actually say there's any specifically wrong with the actual film itself as a story and stuff like that. It's just that feel. Like I said, the opening scene, no, it's my favorite part of the movie. Definitely feels like it's filmed. You could tell it's filmed in a back lot. Mm. Like you know, um, so that would be my my least favorite thing. I guess you could say about mm. the movie because I don't really have a least favorite scene. Right. Maybe it's the fact that Mel Gibson doesn't have a mall in this. Yeah, I mean, I know you, you're pretty upset about that. Yeah, torn up. Well, everybody, that is that is our coverage of, as of right now, the last Lethal Weapon movie of the franchise. Um, we'll, we'll see if we get Lethal Finale. I hope so. I hope we get it. Um, it's a shame that it's going to be a streaming movie, but I guess it's better than not getting it at all, right? I mean, it's it's also better than having it released wide and then nobody goes to see it because what's going to be the appeal of a Lethal Weapon movie in 2023? Buddy yeah. cop movies. But I hate to say it, buddy cop movies are a thing of the past. Nobody cares. Well, I mean, if you make, if you film it for cheap enough, probably, see, that's the problem with movies nowadays. They don't make these movies for cheap anymore. That's the problem with Indiana Jones and Dollar Destiny. It was a three hundred million dollar movie that needed like eight hundred million dollars to turn a profit. To bank on eight hundred million dollars at the box office is ridiculous. This movie, Lethal Weapon Five, I guarantee you, was going to have barely a hundred fifty million dollar budget. Yeah, and it could especially, absolutely make that in the box office. Especially if Mel is going to direct it, and you figure at this point, if Mel and Danny still want to do it, it's it's probably just out of out of the respect and honor for Richard Donner. Yeah. So Mel may not even ask for, you know, he, he may just, you know, even when it comes to salary, he may just get like a, uh, 
maybe just like the, the salary he'd make for being an actor, he may not even take anything to be a director mm-hmm. because, you know, because of the admiration he has for Richard Donner. Because didn't yeah. Richard Donner also direct Maverick? I can literally look it up. Literally right here. I can, I can, I, I, I can do that. I, th- I think he did. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie too. Yeah. That's a great movie. We should do it next year. It'd be thirty years old next year. Yeah, you're right. That's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed it is. Indeed it is. Oh yeah. So, I forgot he did sixteen blocks. That's a great fucking movie too. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're going to talk uh, just a little bit about Lethal Finale. Uh, is there anything you want to see in this new movie? I just want it to feel like a Lethal Weapon movie. Agreed. I don't need anything to be too deep. I mean, obviously, there's there's some deep stuff in these Lethal Weapon movies. You know, Riggs is suicidal at times, you know, and stuff like that. Some pretty dark moments in it, but, like, I don't need it to be, like, a deconstruction of the characters like we've been getting. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and I think for this... To just, I think they just need to go out there and they need to make a lethal weapon movie. Yeah, and just, I think and, you know, I think in 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 this one, I think you'd be foolish to still have Murtaugh on the police force. Yeah, <laughs> because he was turning fifty in Lethal Weapon One, which is interesting because Danny Glover was forty. Um, so for him to, even if you even if you take in the actual years as part of the timeline into account. For Lethal Weapon Four, if he was turning fifty in Lethal Weapon One, he would have been sixty-one. Uh, Murtaugh would have been sixty-one in Lethal Weapon Four, and still a sergeant. I mean, even that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah. so if he's like eighty years old and still like a police sergeant, like, I mean, I don't know how bad things are to where you have to keep a job at eighty. I don't know yeah. how bad the cop pay is, but. I, at the very least, Riggs can still maybe be on the force, or maybe like they're both retired and like they have to come back because there's like an opening in like a case, like an older case that they had. Maybe not, it, it doesn't have to be one from any of the previous movies, but maybe just like another case that we didn't hear about. Yeah. You know, they have to, you know, and they need to go back and say, oh, well, you know, only we know because we worked on the case. You know what else they could do too? Like they could make Murtaugh like the, the police chief, and he maybe he's like retired, like on his way out. And there's yeah. like this last case that they got to, you know, he's got to do, you know, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. I mean, you you bring back Chris Rock as Butters. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're at this point, he could be like the, like a police captain. He'd be captain of the, maybe he's the one that has to bring them out because he's the captain of the uh, precinct. They could do that. Um, But that's really what I want. You know, just, just a good lethal weapon movie. Um, The banter has to be there. You gotta have you, you, you gotta have that dialogue. You gotta have that sharp, witty dialogue. And I'm sure it will. I mean, the guy they got to write this. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, wrote the Equalizer. Um, I guess it was the the one from 2014. Mm-hmm. Was that the, the one sequel? with Denzel? Yeah, was that the sequel? No, he was in both. You're thinking of the TV show that has Queen Latifah. The movies, both Equalizer movies had Denzel. Yes, but I thought this was the... Oh, no. Um, what movie am I thinking? Maybe I thought... Maybe, you know what it is? I probably thought this movie came out a lot earlier than it did. 
Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, but this guy also wrote the second Jack Reacher movie as well. Oh, all right. Um, I never saw the second one. I saw the first one, liked it, even though Tom Cruise is nothing like the book counterpart of Jack Reacher. He was <laughs> about a foot too short. Um, but I, I, I mean, so that's like not a terrible, you know, um, so what I'm thinking of, uh, it's not like a terrible thing. He also did, uh, he also wrote the Expendables, the, first, the second one. Oh, all right. And the protege. Oh, hmm. great. He wrote, he, he's writing Craven the Hunter. Oh, good. Oh boy. oh, boy. I can't wait for, um, I can't wait for Mo Gibson to look at Danny Glover and be like, it's lethal weaponing time. Say, so, well, I guess it's time for a lethal finale. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, I hope we get it this year. Again, there's nothing, there's nothing else about, I've even Googled it, and there is just like nothing out there that this movie's in production or it's going to start production. Nothing. So, uh, you know, it, it does make me nervous that this movie's not going to get made. Um, right. so. I, I hope Mel Gibson does a good job. Again, I I probably would have gotten Shane Black to do it, um, because yeah, Mel's never his character. Yeah, and they're his characters. Yeah, um, Mel. I mean, plus if you watch, if you watch like Iron Man three. That's basic. It's like the MCU <laughs> Lethal Weapon movie, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony Stark's got PTSD. Um. You know, and it's him and that kid pretty much is the buddy cop film. Um, or him and the Iron Man suit is like the buddy cop film. And there was also that moment in the mo- and there was also that moment in the movie when Rhodey says he's too old for the shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, Mel Gibson's a really good director, though. He just wasn't my first choice to do the movie. It would have been Shane Black. Um, but, yeah, whatever. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. yeah. Next week, everybody. We have the return of the top 10. Oh, it's the return, baby. It's the return. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Suck it. Um, yeah, because we don't know what it is, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's a lie. We, no, it's a lie. We, we do know mm-hmm. it's a secret, but, but do we actually know? But yes, yeah, so it's, it's a top 10. It's a top 10 next week and um, should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. But hey, follow us on threads. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, go click on that. Whatever, you can follow us on Facebook <laughs> if you want, but I don't log into that page anymore because there's no growth. Yeah, same. Um, but thanks. We'll see you next week, everybody. I've been Dean Holtz. I'm still George Rogers. We'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>